Welcome to the IC Made On podcast. We are so glad that you have chosen to listen online. If you would like to know more about who we are, why we exist, our service times and location, or how you can get involved, then check out our website at icmadeon.com. We hope you enjoy the message today. Today is Vision Sunday. This is a very special Sunday for our church. It's something we do once a year, and uh, I'm, I'm really excited about it. But first, can we give a hand? Gary is back. He was gone. He was gone to the U.S. and got back yesterday, like last night, and uh, apparently he just went straight from the airport to church. He was here for the 8.30 service. He showed up and said, I'm ready to do transition. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't think he's been to bed yet, so someone bring him a coffee or anything at any, any time. And then I was even more happy that Ibu Kerry is back. She got back. She got back Friday, and she brought her mom back, uh, Miss Kyoko, that I think they may have stepped out. So if you see them in the lobby, uh, make sure you greet them. But uh, Carrie's mom will be here for three weeks, so you'll have a chance to meet her. If not this Sunday, maybe next or uh, whenever. Um, Vision Sunday, we do it once a year, and the reason for this is that we celebrate what God has done through the church over this last year. And when I say what God has done, oh, there it is. What God has done, I mean through all of us together. Icy Maidon is not me. This isn't something we're going to look at the slides and you're going to say, man, Pastor Chris has been busy. This is what we've done together. This is what the church has done. We celebrate that. And then we also are reminded of our vision as a church. Vision is extremely important. Vision and purpose, knowing where we're going, what God is doing And studies say that as humans, we have a tendency to forget things. How many of you forget things? I I lost my phone in the first service. I I didn't really lose it. I just forgot where it was. And it's the same with vision. We forget. I think it was John Maxwell that did the study that says we need to be reminded of our vision every 20 days. Even here at church, if we don't think about it, After a month passes, we can show up and do church, but we forget why we're doing it. Hey, why am I making this coffee? Why am I greeting people? Why am I up here talking? You know, we we could forget what is the purpose. You know, you've you've seen that in your own life, I'm sure. Just get in the the habit or the routine. This is what I do. I just wake up on Sunday morning. I brush my teeth. I get ready. I go to this building. I sing some songs. We can lose the vision and the purpose. And as a church, if we lose vision, we've lost everything. That's the most important thing. There's a reason and a purpose for us being here. There's a reason that that God called my family to Maidan and told us, start an international church. There's a vision behind it and a purpose. So we're going to, to discuss it because it is so important. It's everything. It's why we exist. It's why we are here. And just to explain the the we aspect of it, we have a missions team right now ministering in Sidi Kalang. I don't know if we, we shared all, we told you there was a ministry team coming, our mission team from the U.S. We have a mission team from IC Maidan with them. Uh, they left Wednesday. They went to Tarutung and then to Sidi Kalang and then they'll go to Samosir, partnering with the local church and, and doing ministry. They contacted us this morning the team split into four teams and went to four different areas. Um, if you know some of these guys, Nemo and Karina are leading a team. Uh, Pastor Adam and Arlene are leading a team. 
Yare has a team, uh, Ruth has a team, and they are just spread out everywhere. So they messaged me just a little bit ago and asked that we would be praying for them as they minister, and, and they have some people coming that want to be prayed for for healing and different things. So can we just take a moment and pray for our missions team? Father, we just pray for the team that's out right now, the team from us here at IC Maidon, not only representing you, but representing us and giving us the opportunity that even while we sit here in our, our own building here in Maidon, in the air condition, we're also able to be a part of ministry that's going on in other places around North Sumatra. So, Lord, we're thankful that, that as a church we can reach beyond our walls. Lord, I pray for that team that you would give them strength, that you would be with them, be everything they need, and, and answer the prayers of those coming. Speak to them, Lord God. I pray that they would come back with great testimonies. Keep them healthy, especially the visiting team, Lord, that they would stay healthy and strong and get them back to us safely. In Jesus' name, amen. The awesome thing about that is even Friday night in Tarutung, they were doing a service and with a, a friend of mine there, Pastor Tobing, and they had people come and a guy came to the front after service with a problem with his eye and he was asking for prayer. And the team reported back to us, they prayed for him and his eye was healed. Even our team were so excited and shocked, like, hey, he was healed. There was a healing in the church. God still does those things. And it's amazing. And for us here, even though we're not there, we weren't in Tarutung Friday night. But as a church, we participate in all the victories together. Your prayers are, are watching over them. The, the money that you give through missions and tithes, that's what sent the team there. So we are part of it. So as I share about our vision today, this is about us, all of us together. We have a common vision. Why is vision so important? Helen Keller this uh, woman that was born in 1880 in Alabama, where I'm from, she had a, a, a disease she caught when she was 19 months old that left her blind and deaf. And she said this. She said, the only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision. She's saying that the only th she was blind. But she said, what's worse than this is if you can see and you have no idea where you're going in your life why you exist, what your purpose is, to actually be able to see but have no vision. In Proverbs chapter 29, verse 18, it says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Perish means to, to die, to suffer ruin, to suffer destruction. If we don't have a vision in our life, we can't succeed. How many of you can hit a target that you can't see? Or you can reach a goal that you don't know what it is. You know, another version of this says that without knowing what God is doing, we stumble all over ourselves. We just stumble around. I spent years just stumbling through life. How many of you could raise your hand with me? Like You spent some years just stumbling. Didn't know where we're going. Didn't know what the purpose was. Another translation of that verse even says that, that without a, a God-given vision... The people run wild. I know in my own life, I was, it was just running wild. I was running. I was busy. I'm, you know, sometimes we get busy. We're doing stuff. We're, we're running all the time. We're tired. But if we stop and look at what is the fruit of our life, there's nothing there. That's when there's no vision. We're, we're running, but there's no destination. It's why I don't like the treadmill. How many of you hate treadmills? 
That is a whole lot of work. You never get anywhere. You get, get off of it. I'm, this is where I started. None of us want life to be like that. I like that that verse says, without vision, the people perish. Another um, translation that we see the word perish is through the verse in John chapter 3, verse 16. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So there's two things we see that without vision, you will perish. Without Jesus, you will perish. So with vision, you will not perish. You will not suffer ruin or, or destruction. With Jesus, you will not suffer ruin or destruction. It tells me two things that should excite and encourage you, and that is that if you believe in Jesus, you can, nothing in this life can ruin you or destroy you. No matter what happens, you can't suffer ruin or destruction as a son or daughter of God. Hard things can happen, difficult situations. There can be suffering. We've been going through 1 Peter. We know there's suffering. But if you have vision, if you believe in Jesus, you can't be destroyed. No matter what you face, you know in the end, I'm going to be okay. No matter what happens, I'm going to be okay. God's got me. I'm in my Father's hands. The other thing is that when you believe in Jesus, you can find the vision and the purpose that you need in your life. So you're not just running wild. So you're not stumbling around. So at the end of your life, you don't look back and think, I've just been on a treadmill for 80 years. Never got anywhere, never did anything. Sweated a lot, worked really hard. So what we'll do now is celebrate for a moment. How many of you want to celebrate? We want to celebrate some things that, that Jesus has done through the church. The media team's put some slides together. Can we look at the first slide? Okay. You guys can clap, by the way. Feel free to clap all you want in this. Because this is a celebration. As a matter of fact, if a slide pops up and you don't clap, I'm leaving. Because I'm, I'm really excited and I don't want anyone to bum me out. Like, if it pops up, everyone's like, eh, I'm just going to go have a coffee. Look at this. June 2017, our attendance was 255 people. April 2018, 473 people. Why is that important? Because the whole purpose of a church is to reach people. That's the point. It's, it's not numbers in a sense that, hey, let's see how big we can grow, how fast. It's not about that. But we have no better means as humans to count people than numbers. And when you realize that every single one of these 473 people represents a soul that God cares for. That's why it matters. You need to know this because these are people that are coming because they see change in your life, because you're inviting them, maybe because you're wearing an Icy Made on t-shirt and they see it on the back and follow you here. You know, it's even intentional that it doesn't say Icy Made on on the front. I don't want people to read where you go to church while you're walking that, the wrong direction. If it's on the back, they could see it and follow you here. You see what I mean? So that's the, that's the point. You guys are doing this. And I told the other services, I dare you to invite so many people that we fill this up and have to have a one o'clock service. I, I, would, I would love that. That's a positive dare. Invite people, fill this place up. We'll, ha we'll have a service at 1 p.m. Don't worry if you're in here on the dream team. Someone else will serve. You fill it up and someone else will serve that service. Let's look at this next slide. This is first time guests or VIPs. This number amazes me. 
689 first-time guests came through the church this last year. When I see that, I'm thinking, how in the world did the VIP team talk to 689 people? Because these are actually people that went to the VIP team. So these are people that our team met, they made a connection with. You know, maybe they were traveling through, or maybe some of those people are probably some of you, that you came for the first time this last year, and you met with the VIP team, and we keep records of that. The records are never accurate completely, because how many of you know some people don't go to the VIP booth? Some people are like me. Let me confess for a moment. And if you are a first-time guest or a VIP here this morning, this is the moment where I give you permission, do not follow my example, okay? <laughs> because I, I am very shy and awkward, and I am an introvert. It's very hard for me to just stand right here every week. But if I was a visitor at a church, I would be that guy that came to church, worshiped, I sincerely received God's word, and then I would slip out that door. The VIP team would never see me. That would be me. How many of you are like that? You know, don't make me feel alone. Some of us are just, you know, I would be that guy that they're like, man, if he had just come to see us, it would be 690. I would have been 690 because I would have never gone to the VIP team. But that's awesome. That means that, that people are hearing about the church. People are, are coming. And they're, everyone that comes through, we're fine to minister to people as they pass through, whether they're visiting from Singapore or, or Malaysia or, or coming from other parts of Indonesia. We have visitors all the time that we know aren't going to be here, but when they come here, this is their church. We love that. That's, that's opportunities to minister. Let's go to the next slide. Now, this one is exciting. Look at the Decisions for Christ. 184 people. 184 people this last year decided to follow Jesus. That's exciting. And again, that's just the recorded number. That's the people that wrote it down and said, okay, I'll let them know. You know? Uh, and what's exciting for me is in September, I was in a church conference, a church planters, a church pastors conference, and they were talking about the condition of the church in the U.S., but typically that sort of crosses the board. In the U.S. at that time, they were saying that 30% of the churches did not report one decision in an entire year. So think about that for a moment. And in ch a church in an entire year not even having one person get saved, and God blessed us that 184 people found Jesus here. That's an awesome thing. Let me remind you, as far as the, the vision of a church, if we ever come into this place on a Sunday and you look around and you know everybody here, it means we failed in our vision that week. Think about that for a moment. For a church, if we ever gather and we know everybody in the building, we failed as a church. The whole goal of the church is reaching out. You know, it's exciting when we know each other, of course. But if we come here and you look around, man, I, I know everybody's name. This is great. No, it's not. It means no one else is, is being brought in. No one else is coming to know God. It's a dangerous thing. Churches all the time will just settle. You know, you don't know from being in one service, but we meet four times a day. There's almost 500 people every week coming to services. We could easily settle and say, hey, we're, we're already a church. We can pay the light bills. We can even send a mission team out. There's 500 people. Let's just settle and get to know each other and just 
just we don't need to grow anymore then we miss the whole point of being a church the vision is reaching people the vision is taking the gospel out we're we have a commission we have a mission we have a vision i remember our life group this church started with a life group in our house once we had 30 people there on friday nights we would have worship and prayer and and we would share a devotion we had a great time it was a great time, and, and Carrie would cook every Friday night. And there was a point where we're ready, hey, guys, we're going to plant the church. There were a few people that, that were thinking, hey, why don't we just keep this? Why do we have to plant a church? Why can't we just us meet, the 30 of us, every week? We could have settled and been satisfied. I think they were really just afraid if we have church, Carrie can't cook every week. I think that was the main fear, but you know what I mean? It's easy in our life to settle. Oh, this is good enough. But I know that God has a vision. Let's look at the next slide. Life groups. We had 25 life groups this last year. Emma? You can clap. 276 people in life groups. That's exciting. That number's not accurate either because I have another confession. I lead one of the life groups, and I never fill out my attendance sheets. I, I'm looking for Kosi. Kosi's a life group coordinator, and I apologized to him earlier. I don't fill out. I'm bad about filling out attendance sheets. I mean, afterwards, Carrie would say, did you fill out the sheet? And then I'm thinking back to the chairs. Okay, she was sitting in that chair, and he was there, and I'm trying to think. You know, I didn't do that part, so it's even more than that. My vision for the future is that we have more life groups. I want more life group leaders our life groups are where people can come and, and be real and share. And people in our life groups find freedom. I mean, that's from our, our vision points. Find freedom from addictions. People have found freedom from, from pornography, from drugs, from, from other issues they're dealing with. It's a place where you can come together and, and share openly. You know, often in the lobby of the church, there's no time for that. You may have a, a hard week and you meet someone in the lobby they're like, hey, how's it going? And you're like, Luarbiasa. When really you're thinking, this week was really bad, but I don't want to get into it right here. I want to get a coffee. Worship's starting. In life group, it's where we actually can meet and do what the Bible says to bear one another's burdens or to be able to share and carry that with each other so life isn't so heavy, to run with each other. When one of us are down, the other lifts them up. When we're down, someone lifts us up. We pray for one another. We have a life group leaders training this Saturday at 3 p.m. So how many of you are coming? Let me, no, I'm just kidding. But I do want to encourage, I know for a fact there are people in this room that would be great at leading a life group. You could lead a life group. You should lead a life group. But you're probably thinking, I can't lead a life group. If you come to the training on Saturday, you will realize, hey, this is easier than I thought. I can do it. So just come. No one will pressure you. If you're able to come here Saturday at 3 p.m., no sign up, just show up. And if you decide at the end, I'm just going to think about it for a while. It's fine. But I think some of you will come and decide, you know what, I want to lead one. Because more leaders means more groups, means we can reach out and, and more people can have a place to come and find freedom in their lives. I think some people don't come to life group now because maybe there's not one close to them. So the more leaders we have, the more opportunity to go. We're going to have a questionnaire soon come out in the next couple of weeks to ask some of these things. Like, uh, 
if you don't go to life group, why not? You know, what, what is the hindrance? So we can help with that. It could be the schedule. You know, I, I work in the evenings or I go to school in the evenings. We can fix those things. I'm sure there's someone that would like to lead a life group in the morning. You know, hey, let's have coffee before work and, and talk together. Uh, maybe it's child care. Anyone that's ever had small children knows it can be hard to get to life group if you have small kids. Believe me, I've, I've had four kids. And when they were small, imagine having a small Nemo. You know, it was hard. Sometimes we get home from, from work or whatever we were doing and, and want to go to the small group or the life group. And by the time you get all the kids ready, it's, I mean, it's a huge task to leave the house, leave the house when they're small and get in the car. And, and just like two minutes down the road, I need to go to the bathroom. I'm car sick. I'm hungry. And you just go back home and like, oh, I'll try next week. You know, we'll have those questionnaires because if it's something like, well, child care is an issue, we can find solutions to these things. So we're going to have a questionnaire soon so we can hear from you and find out how we can help with those things. But Life Group, I really want to see that grow even more. But this is something to celebrate. What's the next slide? Dream Team. Can we give a hand to the Dream Team? The Dream Team, between June 2017 and April 2018, grew to 108 people. That's how we're able to have four services. It's how we're able to have four services right now while part of the team is out on mission, you know, because of the, the team growing. And the more people we have volunteering on the team, the more ministry we can do. I want to plant other chabangs. You know, we've talked about that. We have our sights on Chamada Asri, and we're just waiting for the right place and the right time and having the team for it. But everything we do, we have to have a team for that. So uh, this is exciting that the team is growing, that people are going through growth track and, and at the end of it saying, hey, I want to be a part of this. I believe that every single one of you, God has put a gift inside of you, a skill, a passion that he wants, he wants you to use for him. And here at the church on the Dream Team, that's just one opportunity that we can offer. Hey, there's something in you that God wants to use. Why don't you use it here? He may want you using it somewhere else too, but here's an opportunity. Come and use that passion and that gift here. Growth track is, is what you go through to be on the team. And I really, I would encourage everyone to go to Growth Track if you've never been. We have people here at the church that love Growth Track so much, they've been through it five times. I'm not encouraging anyone to go through it five times, but it is really good. Your faith is built. You uh, really get a good understanding of the basics of Christianity. Maybe even some things that you felt like, man, I've been a Christian for a while, but I didn't really get this part. We go through those things. Uh, through Growth Track, you can have an opportunity to become a member of the church uh, and then be a team member if you want. It's not, it's not anything that's pressured, so you don't have to do that. Uh, but I do encourage it. The next thing we want to celebrate is missions and outreach. So uh, look at that. This is what you guys have done. This is money that you guys gave for missions during, between June 2017 and April 2018. If you remember, a lot of the missions we did last year, the last half of last year, uh, were in Neos. One church that we helped... Um, the land in front of the church, they didn't own. So the Jama'at had to travel around far to the back of the church and come in, even though the, the main road was right in front of the church. 
So you guys raised money. We bought that land for the church. So now they have an entrance right from the main road. So we're able to be a part of that. The people coming to their church, you guys are able to be a part of that. People being reached in that church right now, you guys share in that. That's how the kingdom of God works. We built seven churches in Neos, partnering with ICA. We did worship and medical workshops for the people. You guys raised emissions and outreach funds, a total of 82,232,000 rupiah. That's huge. And let's look at the, the next slide. This one is uh, total given for outreach. So the missions didn't even include all the outreach. 112,345,000 rupiah for outreach. And these are things in the city. That's awesome. The outreach is what we focus on here in the city. These are four things that we do every year to reach our community. Project Give, that's at Christmas time. We take a special offering where we help the community. Easter Fun Day is a way that we just offer a free event to invite families to come and have fun with us. The Christmas concert is something, you know, it's, it's an awesome concert, but it's something, too, that we can invite people to church, and I'm not going to speak. So people can come and feel comfortable, like, well, I, I'm not a Christian, or I don't go to church. They can come to a concert and, and uh, be made comfortable. And then Serve Day, we do that every year to go out and just serve the community, because that's, that's the vision of the church. That's the purpose the community should know that the church is there. If, if a church starts and all we do is just meet together and do our own thing and the community doesn't feel our presence, then, then what's the use of the church being there? The whole church is to reach the community. So I'm so excited about this and I'm really proud and honored to uh, pastor such generous people because you guys are generous in your giving, in your in your volunteering, all of these things happen because of you. So could you give yourselves a hand? Our whole vision here from the beginning has been to change lives and to make Jesus famous and made on first and to the ends of the earth. That's, that's simply how we put it, change lives and make Jesus famous. You've probably heard these vision points because we share these a lot. Why? Because we all forget things. But after a while, you'll be able to, to quote all of these things. Our vision points are know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. Everything we do is about that. Sunday services. Know God is our Sunday services. We're very intentional to create a place that you can come and know God and a place that we hope you would feel comfortable to invite your family and friends. You know, you can invite them. Hey, there's air condition. If you were inviting me to church, that would be important. Hey, would you come to church? Well, I don't know Jesus. Well, would you come visit? Was well, there air condition? You know, that would be me. Maybe not your friends, but you know, I was like, yes, air condition? And there's even free coffee. Okay, I'm there. You know, we try to create an environment. We try to remove obstacles. No pressure. No, you know, not, not trying to make anyone uncomfortable or awkward. We want you to feel comfortable inviting people that they can feel welcomed and, you know, we're glad they're here because we really are. But sometimes if we're not intentional, our faces don't show it, you know. So know God that Sunday services, find freedom through life groups, discover purpose through growth track, and then make a difference with a dream team. Here's the thing. We have a big vision here at IC Maidon. And 
I want you to know that as awesome as all these things are, and we celebrate this, I'm not satisfied. And I don't want you to be satisfied. What we do when we see what God has done, we're excited and we celebrate, but we don't settle and feel satisfied. We say, hey, God, this is, this is amazing, and we know that he has even more for this next year. How many of you believe that? I believe that God has so much more in store for us. I believe that he has more for this church. I believe he has more for your life. Some of you may be here this morning, and, and after seeing this, you're like, wow, this, this is interesting and all, but what about me? What about my life? I'm dealing with stuff. You know, you, you may think these numbers are really encouraging, and I am excited about that, but I've got some struggles in my life, and I don't know how to handle it. Let me tell you something that I truly believe with all my heart. I don't even know where this quote originated from, but it goes like this. The two most important days of your life are the day you were born and the day you discovered why. That is the truth. I believe that with all my heart. The two most important days. The day you were born, obviously, because without that day, none of you would be here, right? We all have a birthday. The other thing is discovering why you were born. That is one of the biggest days of your life. When I realized, when God showed me what his purpose was for me, that changed everything. I don't feel like I'm just stumbling around through life anymore. I'm not running wild. I know the vision. I know the purpose. I have my eyes on a goal, and I can run through my life that way. It's, it's an amazing feeling. And when you discover that, it will change everything. Some of you know that vision and purpose. Some of you this morning are still asking God, what is it? Some of you, God may have shown part of it. And when he shows you one step, you run with that step until he shows you the next part. I believe God has a vision for every single one of you. Every single one of you. I believe that you're on the earth for a reason. I believe he's called you to this church for a purpose. I don't believe anyone is here by mistake. I believe that God has drawn us together for such a time as this to do something awesome in the city of Maidon. I really believe that. That's why I want to enjoy every moment. You never know how long you have, but I know for this moment, we have this time together and God wants to do something with it. I believe God has a vision for your life. I also believe that Satan's job is to try to distract you. And he is very busy at that. Satan is a good devil. He's good at his job. He's been doing it for a long time. He knows how to distract people. He knows how to stumble us up. You know, he'll try to get you to accept a counterfeit vision. Satan knows that God has a vision and a purpose for your life, so he will try to get you busy doing all these other things so the thing that really matters never gets done. That's what Satan's role is. <clears throat> I believe that many of you here are facing different things. What we read in this is that if with, without vision, the people perish, but if you have vision... You can face anything. Peter was talking to the Christians who were facing hard situations and suffering and struggles and trials, but they made it because they had vision. They knew exactly why they were there and what they were doing. Basically, Peter's letter to them was almost like a vision letter. Hey, you're facing some things, but remember, we have a vision. Let's celebrate what God has done up to this point. Remember, Jesus died for us, and he rose again. We're saved. Here's what we're going to do from here. The vision, it's so important. Some of you are dealing with 
difficult situations or, or suffering through tests. Some of you are just here wondering, why am I here? What is the point? What is the purpose? If you lose your vision or your purpose, life can be scary. You know those times in your life where maybe things feel overwhelming, you feel scared or doubtful or you have fear? Usually that's when you've lost your vision. When you start complaining or feeling negative, if you get to a point where you are just complaining about everything, stop yourself for a second and ask yourself, what is my vision? You know, I can get like that with the traffic sometimes, you know. We get just everyday life. Man, the traffic's so hard. You know, I tried the sambal, it burnt my mouth. You know, all these things. This is bad. And, that, you know, we all can get at points where we're just negative and complaining. At those points, we've lost vision. What are we doing? You know, I, I was thinking about the people of Israel this week. When Moses led them out of Egypt, he rescued them from slavery and captivity he set them free, and God said, I'm going to send you to a promised land. There's a vision. Rescued, there's vision. And then along the way, if you read the Old Testament, there's like 14 times that they are just complaining and negative. They're complaining about the food. They're complaining about the water. There were times where they thought, hey, let's, let's just settle here. This is good enough. Or when they got to the promised land, they said, the people there are too big Maybe it's better that we just go back to Egypt. Think about this for a moment. These were people that God rescued. He gave them a vision, and they kept losing the vision. And when they lost the vision, life would get scary. They'd have fear and doubts and confusion. They didn't know, what, why are we wandering around? They had to have left Egypt knowing, well, we're going to the promised land. And then after some days of walking and suffering, what are we doing out here? Why don't we just go back? Moses, why have you brought us out here to starve in the wilderness? We were better back in Egypt. We have to have vision. Life can be unbearable with no vision. We have to have that. It's so important. Even in your life, what is your vision for your future? What is the vision for your marriage? What is your vision for your kids? What's your vision for your relationship with God? These are all things we need to personally be praying about and asking God and write them down so you don't forget. What is my vision for my relationship with my wife, my relationship with my husband? What is our vision for our children? What is, what is most important? What do we want to instill in them before they leave and go to university? We have to know what the target is so we can hit it. A lot of times we don't think about this and we're just, just shooting blindly. We have to see the target to be able to hit it. So why are we talking about vision? Why is it so important? Because. What if I just left it there? Like, because. Like the classic parent answer. Why is vision so important? Because. How many of you, your parents told you that before? Or because I said so. Now let's pray and leave. No. Vision is so important because you are important. I want you to really hear this. Vision is so important because you are important. Will you look at someone beside you and tell them you are important? I've said this before. No one in this room is just one in 7.6 billion people. No one. You are the one and only. Look at someone beside you and say, you are the one and only. You are the one and only you. There is no one else like you. 
How many of you in this room, there's another you? You're it, right? You are the one and only. God only created one of you, and he has a vision and a purpose for you, and he wants to put everything in you that you need. You are important to God. You're important to the city of Madon. You're in Madon right now. You're important to Madon. How many of you know that the people of God are important to the city? How bad would the city of Madon be if God's people were suddenly taken up and they were gone? Man, the, the, the city doesn't realize it, but they depend on God's people being here. You are important to the city of Madon. You are important to the world. Every single one of you. You're important. That's why your vision matters. So here's what we're going to do. We're always going to look back thankfully. I want you to remember this. Look back thankfully. When you're thinking about your vision and your purpose and what is it God has for you to do, look back at this last year thankfully, like we just did looking back at what God's done for us. Look back at your life, not with regret, not with, I should have this or I should have, I hate the word should. I don't use the word should. If I'm already past a moment, I don't look back like, well, I should, it, what does should do for you? I never say that. I never look back, well, I should have done this. I, I should have, I wish this. Look back, thankfully. Skip over the regret and the should-haves. Look at what God did in your life. Every single one of you can look back and find something you're thankful for. Look back and see what God has brought you through. Look back and see where he brought you from. If you've been following God this year, you can look back and realize, wait a minute, I didn't notice it, but I'm stronger now. My faith is stronger I, I didn't realize it, but I'm capable of doing more than I was a year ago. I think I can lead a life group. I'm going to be at church Saturday at 3 p.m. Okay, I was just putting another plug out there. You know what I mean, though. Look back thankfully. God, I'm thankful. I see all these things. Write those things down. Take a moment to praise him. Maybe even at lunch today, if you're not with a group. You know, if you're with a group and you, you pray for more than the food, people start to be like, man, I'm hungry. Thank you for the food, for my family. I'm thankful for it. I'm looking back. Guys, do you mind if I look back right here at lunch? I'm thankful for this time last January. And, you know, it, but when you're alone, look back thankfully and thank God for all the things he's done. Every single one of you can look back and see what he's done. Psalm 104 through 5 says, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. Could I ask the worship team to come up, please? Psalm 9.1 says, I will give thanks to you, Lord, with all my heart. I will tell all your wonderful deeds. That verse is, that is what you should do. If you don't know your vision or your purpose right now, just write that verse down. That's what a Christian should do. Thank God with all your heart and tell of his wonderful deeds. If you're like, man, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing with my life. Psalms 9-1. That's what we're all called to do. I will thank you, Lord, with all my heart. And I would tell of the wonderful deeds you've done. Celebrate what he's done. Look back thankfully. Look forward hopefully. These are the two things we're going to do. Look back thankfully. Look forward hopefully. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says... Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. 
Ask God, what is my vision? Write it down so you know what you're doing. For me personally, I'm still a little bit old school, so I would probably use a real tablet, but you could use like an electronic tablet. Use your phone, the, the notes, write down, okay, this is what I feel like God's telling me. Type it on your phone. So when you forget, you can look and you think, no, I do have a vision. I do have something I'm running toward. God tells us to, to write it down so we can see it and we can run. Because if we forget where we're running to, the running's useless. Here's what we will not do. Accept a counterfeit vision. Satan is a liar. He's a deceiver. He's a manipulator. Satan is a counterfeiter. He will look at the things of God and try to offer you something similar to it and convince you that that's God's plan. I like what something a, a pastor in our home state of Alabama, Pastor Chris Hodges, talked about the counterfeit vision that Satan will offer. And he used it versus the vision points that we have. You know, what God has for us is no God. What Satan will try to convince you to accept is no me. Oh, it's all about me. My dreams, my hopes, my desires. Sometimes Satan will try to convince us that it's it, to be selfish. It's, it's about me. What about me? I'm not happy. What about me? What about what I want? When we know that the vision God has for us is to know him and let him direct us. Know God, not know me. The other one, instead of find freedom, Satan will try to convince you to find fame. I don't need to find freedom from these things. I want position. I want power. I want people to look up to me. I want to be respected. That's a counterfeit vision. That's not what God wants any of us to seek after. I want to lift my name up. I want people to, to see my name. That's a counterfeit. Instead of discovering purpose, we settle with discovering a platform discovering a cause, maybe some, some trendy cause that we're like, hey, this is what my life's about. You know, I'm, I'm all about this. And in the end of our life, we look back and realize it wasn't worth anything. If it's not the vision from God, at the end, it won't have any value. Then the last one, instead of making a difference, our vision is making a dollar. I don't need to make a difference in the lives of others. I just need to Make as much as I can for myself. I realize we don't use dollars, but I couldn't versus make a reference versus make a rupia, right? That's how Scooby-Doo would say it. Make a reference. Whoa. Yeah. So I had to use dollar. Don't accept a counterfeit vision. And don't settle for good enough. Every single one of you, God has a great for you. Don't ever settle for good enough. The people of Israel, when that things were getting hard and they lose focus of the vision, and so many times they'd get close to the land that God said, this is your promised land, and they think, man, let's just settle here. Maybe I'll just settle going back. Don't ever settle. Don't ever quit. Don't ever turn around and go back. Keep moving forward. Don't settle for good enough. I love reading First and Second Kings in the Old Testament because I love the stories of Elijah and Elisha. Elijah was this awesome man of God that did so many amazing things and miracles. He was anointed by God. When he was taken up to heaven and Elisha is there, Elisha wasn't satisfied to receive the same anointing that Elijah had. You know, Elijah could have said, 
Elisha could have said, that's good enough. I'll take the anointing from Elijah. But instead, Elisha said, God, give me a double portion. And Elijah did amazing things. I want double. Don't settle for good enough. Man, if he had gotten the anointing of Elijah, that would have been good enough. But Elisha said, I don't want good enough. I want great. I don't want anyone here to ever settle. Keep shooting for the great. Keep shooting for the double portion. Keep asking God for more. Even when you, when you know God, keep saying, God, I want to know you more. When you see things in your life happen that you can celebrate, you can say, hey, I want more. It's not good enough. No one on our tombstone someday wants it to have our name. When we were born, when we died, it was good enough. We want to look back and say, man, it was great. We want to live for something, have vision and purpose. At the end of our life, we look back and say, man, it was all worth it. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything was worth it. That's when you get to heaven and Jesus is standing there and he says, well done. Well done. Come on in. Good job. Man, that's an exciting time to think about. Can we stand up together? I want to pray for you. Let's just close our eyes for a moment. I want you to think about this. I, I want you to remember what we celebrate as a church. That we have a vision going forward and a big vision. I want you to remember also that even for your life personally, there is a vision for you. There is a purpose. Don't settle. God has something great for you. Keep seeking it. Keep saying, God, what is it? I want, it. I want to live for you. I don't want to spend my life just running on a treadmill. Look back and realize I didn't get anywhere. I want to run toward the goal. I want to run with vision. I'm going someplace. God, teach me. Help me to get there. Seal your words in my heart. Prepare me. Equip me. I know in this room that I'm sure there's people here that have come for all sorts of different reasons. You may be here this morning and you're thinking, I don't even know God. I haven't made the first step yet. All of this hinges on knowing God. You can't make a difference unless you've discovered your vision and your purpose. You can't discover your purpose if you haven't found freedom in your life, freedom from sin, freedom from the things that hold you back, and you can't find freedom without Jesus. But when you've found Jesus, nothing can stop you. Whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not suffer ruin or destruction, shall not die spiritually. God will never leave you, never forsake you. If there's anyone here this morning while our eyes are closed, if you're here and you would say, I don't know God, but I want to know him this morning, would you raise your hand so I can pray for you? You just say, I don't, I don't really know him. I want to know him. Father, you see the hands that are raised. You see your children that are saying, I want to know you. I want to have a real relationship with you. I don't want to just know about you. I want to know you. I want to walk with you each day. I want to talk with you. I want to spend time with you. All you have to pray is this, is say, Jesus, you are who you say you are. I believe this. I know you came and died for me, and I know you rose from the grave. And when you rose back to life, you offer me a new life. I believe in you, Jesus. God, I want to know you. I give you my life. Guide me and direct me. Give me vision and I will run with it.
Father, I pray that you would bless these that raise their hand. Lord, that this week that they will have moments with you, that they would take time just to talk to you and let this relationship start to grow. For others here today, I know there are some here that are facing difficult situations, times of testing and suffering. And I just want to take a time to pray for you. It is easy in those times to lose sight of our vision. And when we lose sight of our vision, all we're left with is fear and confusion. I want to pray for you that you can keep sight of the vision even during that time. Would you raise your hand if you need some prayer? You're going through something in your life. You just need to know God is with you. You need his strength. Father, you see the hands of your children that are saying that they, they just need to know you're with them. Lord, they need to be reminded that you are working in their life even through this situation. Lord, I know sometimes you don't remove the suffering, but what you do is strengthen us in it. Our faith grows because we recognize, hey, God never left me. So, Lord, I pray that you would remind your sons and daughters that you are always there with us, that there's nothing we, we face that you don't see, that there's nothing that, that we go through in this life that you will not use for our benefit. You're taking us somewhere. We're on a journey with you. And in the end, we're going to look back and say, even this time of suffering was worth it because God was with me and he made me stronger through that. Lord, strengthen your people. Be with them. Lord, this week, let them, let them see a glimpse of what you are doing right now. Lord, help them to be focused on you and keep vision and not be, not be discouraged or distracted by fear and doubt and confusion, but just focus on the fact that you are with them. For everyone else here, I just want to pray God's vision in your life. You may know part of it or you may know none of it, Father, I just pray for everyone here today that you would reveal your vision to them. Lord, that, that those who are here thinking, I don't know what my purpose is. I didn't even know till this morning that there is a purpose beyond my own dreams. Lord, I pray that you would reveal that to them. Lord, that you would show them the gifts you've placed inside of them. That you would show them the passions that you've placed inside of their heart and help them to see how these passions were placed there for a reason, that you want to use that passion for your kingdom. Lord, I believe every single person in this room has something inside of them placed there by you that you want to use in their life and for your kingdom. Lord, I pray that they would find that this week and begin to live on purpose and to live with vision, that they would write those things down, Lord, that they would seek you and say, what is the vision for my family? What is the vision for my kids? What is, what is the vision for my future? That we would ask these questions and write them down so we won't forget them. So that we can see them clearly and so that he who reads it will be able to run. Lord, bless your people. We thank you so much for this time of, of reminders, of vision, for times of celebrating what you've done. Lord, I pray as we get sent out today that we would be sent out as a people with a vision. In Jesus' mighty name, amen.